Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a false alarm. What do you call it? I got out of the blocks a little early there. It's one o'clock, it's Saturday. We got a celebration going on down in the falls, but I got Tommy Gunn on with me for an hour or more right here. We might even get into a little music. Tommy Grasley is Tommy Gunn. We're going to talk about him and the music. And we'll take your questions if you've got any. Text in, share it if you like it. Don't if you don't. Legend, hashtag it, hashtag Niagara Rocks, Tommy Grassley. Get some time out, get on the Jim Fannin show. I asked him, like, why do you want to do my show, dude? He's like, I don't know. I think, I think we could have some fun with it. And uh, I should start with an apology right off the bat, Tommy. Um, I had you confused with a, a really, um, let's see. How do you describe this guy? A troll. <laughs> He's been really hard on me, and he hurts my feelings often. And where's my Zoom call here? Why am I, why am I freaking out here? Can't find my Zoom window. Uh, <laughs> and then, so I gave you such a hard time. Like, first of all, Tommy, that, you know, I'm, I'm flattered. Unmute yourself, or do I have to ask you to unmute? Why can't I find my window? What's going on here? Um, you know, you, anyone that... I should be grateful when someone says, hey, can I be on your show? I shouldn't come to them and go, what do you want to be on my show for, dude? <laughs> so, thanks for touching me up. Anyways, Tommy Grassley. Grassley, is that how you say it right? Grazley. Grazley. Okay, I'm, I'm, there. thanks for clearing that up. Thank you for your time, uh, for searching me out, and for, uh, for your generosity uh as far as uh yeah being patient with me because I, I totally thought you're another guy <laughs> which you kind of experienced on facebook when he started going back and forth with us so anyway tell us a little bit about you man There's more of you and less of me is what this show should be about wow well thank you first <laughs> of all for having me on jim like um i'm uh, honored and uh it's a pleasure being here with you for an hour like uh we're gonna have some fun yeah awesome sure. I, I think your personality is fantastic and meant for podcast radio. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to be on your show because I thought we could do something pretty cool just in conversation. Yeah. I appreciate that. Now, dude, I'm getting from you here. Here's uh, I, I don't know what you want to talk about today, but this is just how it goes. I don't have a script. I don't have any questions. I don't have your bio to read. I am uh, struggling to bring love to this show uh, uh-huh. because I'm politically engaged and it seems everything I talk about, I'm, I'm just pissed off. I'm pissed off that they're masking children. I'm, I'm very political. But it all goes back to my love for people, really, right? And I yeah. see your wall and your messages. is nothing but love, 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 love. And I, although I'm, that's there for me as, a, as an underlying commitment, it seems I seem to express myself in anger and hate, what it seems like anyways to people, because I'm always bitching about what's going on. So how in these weird times are you keeping such a positive mental attitude and staying in love because man it you know life can get you down right yes and i think that uh during this time right now especially i think everybody's you know um suffering some sort of mild depression no question i mean you can't lock someone up for so long and expect nothing to happen obviously a lot's happening Mm -hmm. And, and and a lot of it's not even being talked about but, um, but yeah, I, I, I try to remain positive. Uh, you know, I released my new album. It's called I Believe in Love. And, uh, and the reason 
this all came about was because um, I came from a dark place and uh, I met uh, my wife, Amy, who um, completely changed my world 180 and, you know, showed me and inspired me. Um, and in fact, to write an album called mm -hmm. I Believe in Love, which I released last year in Los Angeles. Cool. Uh, and then we came back to Toronto um, February, the end of February, and of course, COVID came with us and, uh, and it canceled everything that, that I had planned. And so now we've been in lockdown for over a year. It's like berserko. Um, you know, everything in the U.S. seems to be opening up mm -hmm. now. And, uh, you know, but Canada, Ontario especially, really poorly handled. I mean, um, I mean, let's face it, that guy, uh, both them should not be reelected. Question, as far as mm. I'm concerned, they both dropped the ball. Yeah, and there's differing opinions on that, especially from the uh, politically um, and ideologically possessed. Right? We just get in a we get in a groove, and you're my guy, and that's it. Well, my guy happens to be Max Bernier right now because he's the only guy that's standing for free speech and anti lockdowns, and he wants to put an immigration freeze until we get our uh, our, our employment situation. I know some people will say that's xenophobic and stuff like that, so. I can't get behind anybody but this guy, and I am coming from the left. Like, I'm really a social, um, you know, before there was social justice warriors, <laughs> I was that guy talking for the Green Party. Well, nobody knew what electoral reform was in 1993 unless you were really politically astute, and I had to learn that stuff. And, and you know, I ran for the Green Party to, to open up a, a new set of possibilities for people. Now the left doesn't need me to speak for them, and I, I don't get where they come from. As far as you know, gender reassignment for kids under pubescent age and all kinds of stuff. So now I'm moderately in the middle and a little right leaning, you know, on free speech and guns and stuff like that. And so I've had this huge political shift. So you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. But like I said, I'm one of those. My tunnel vision is just for Max. Like he's coming to Niagara Falls today. Nobody else is. You know, he's in Barrie, and then. You know, I, I worked to get them, and at the last minute, they changed their mind and said, yeah, we're coming to Saint, uh, to Niagara Falls. So uh, it's, a, it's a strange day, but uh, uh, how, about the, how about the effect on you personally, the lockdowns on your mental health, if anything, on your family, anything like that? Well, um, actually, uh, my wife and I have been really busy. Uh, you know, like, um, so what do you do? Uh, well, I wrote a, I wrote a new album. And, um, and I've also written a book. So I've been, uh, you know, pretty busy. And um, I'm just waiting to everything to open up so I can go to L.A. and record it. So um, that's what I, I'm all about. Now, I, I don't know if you want to know the whole story. I, I kind of grew up in, in Grimsby area for a few years, down in Grimsby Beach. Nice. Part of yeah, so I know the Niagara area quite well. And Amy and I love going down to Niagara on the lake as well. It's, it's beautiful there. So you're living so, in Toronto then? Yeah, I'm in Toronto right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I am for sure. I love it here. Awesome. The energy is great. But, I mean, with the lockdown and everything closed, it's just another, you know, another city, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, who are you rolling with? Who are you chummy with? Who's doing your producing? Who's who's helping you put the music out? And who are your uh, your close buddies right now? Anyway, uh, my my wife probably is my best friend, <laughs> and uh, she's, she's sitting beside you. <laughs> she's right there, isn't she? <laughs> well, well, she's not. She's not. But I can honestly say that. And, um, That's awesome. And, yeah, it is awesome. I'm very fortunate. And um, as far as um, I'm trying to collaborate with a bunch of people. I, I plan on doing that in the U.S. when I get there. Um, I've, you know, dying to rehearse with my band. I have a great lineup now, uh, some great players, uh, two guitar players, John Bianchini and, and Chris Wilson, both fantastic guitar players. Chris does his own thing, too, with a band called Perennials. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, like on bass, Ray Baum, he's, he's totally unbelievable bottom man. He's a great bass player. And with the young kid on the drum kit, Mike Rizzo, who's uh speed, you know, speedy Gonzalez, he's unbelievable mm -hmm. and a lot of energy and really rock and roll. So it's really rock and roll in your face. So I'm just dying to rehearse with these guys. It's been a while since we've been able to rehearse mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 
uh, I mean, like, uh, we're all climbing the walls, you know? Mm -hmm. And where are you cutting your stuff in California? Oh, that'll be, uh, I'm going to be working with a guy named Steve Hoffman down there in, in Calabasas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so. And how much, uh, how much material you got in the tank? How many albums you got out and how many songs you figure you've got recorded and produced? Well, I have two full length albums. So right now, um, the first album is called Unleash the Hounds, uh, which I had, I collaborated with uh, Tom Wilson from Junk House and uh, Kelly J from Crowbar. And of course, uh, Sonny Del Rio, my father. And, um, and on the, the second album, it's called I Believe in Love. I, uh, and by the way, uh, Georgie Fab as well, produced with my father, Sonny Del Rio, the first album. And I did that at Cellar Full of Noise in Hamilton. Um, and also uh, the second album, I collaborated with, um, with Dale Harrison uh, from the Headstones. He plays six songs on drums and he plays one song on piano. And um, also Greg Godovitz from Gatto. Nice. I collaborated with, I wrote uh, Love Conquers All with Greg. And uh, Greg also lent his voice back up uh, uh, for a few songs and um and eddie kramer produced one song on my album about richard newell king biscuit boy who played with crowbar my father for you know quite a few years so hey. he was like to me yeah and frank soda on the show a couple months ago he's a toronto legend and man i mean i i remember i told frank i remember we hung out the, at the um Wellen House down here when I was way too young to be drinking in bars, but you know, I was tall and passing for you know, 18 or whatever. And uh, I remember standing at uh, the Wellen House on uh, New Year's Eve going, What am I doing here? I'm in the Wellen House again, I'm here every weekend. And then Frank Soda made my night, blew, blowing up his head at midnight, and just uh, what a great story. So a lot of the guys, it's such a great culture in Toronto, and we, we have one here in Niagara too, and I didn't know this, but it's, you know, like Daniel O'Shea and guys that, like Daniel used to be a journeyman drummer, um, you know, from Mice on the Hurricane, he's the business end of the hurricane, and, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that impressed upon me that, you know, with this pocket of talent is unmatched around the world like it's very unique the le the depth and the level of talent that we have in niagara specifically but i know toronto's got its own scene as well so yeah i have a couple friends down there like paul wheeler he's a he's a guy that's uh, well respected in niagara for sure fun veteran uh musician and a great guy too paul yeah. and um yeah I, I remember uh I remember Reggie Storm used to be down there in Niagara too. Reggie Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I did a show at Sessions on the River. You know, I did that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, quite a few years ago, I think. Great facility. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I remember that. Yeah, I did a marathon show there a few years ago. We had I don't know, fifteen acts or something. We started at ten o'clock in the morning, went until midnight or one o'clock in the morning, and. It was great. I tried to pull it off again this year, but uh, the guys that I was contacting were just, you know, they were just too scared. They were too worried about, you know, their family and getting together. And it kind of breaks my heart because I think this has been a huge overreaction, but that's, again, you know, my political view. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's strange because, you know, you think of musicians, of all the people, they'd be the first to put their finger in the air and say, yeah, damn straight, I'll play, let's go. You know? yeah, sure. So anyways, tell us about a little bit of the influences. I'm going to play the song as well. I'm going to take my chances that I don't get uh, uh, a copyright strike off YouTube, but I got the hounds loaded. So tell us a little bit about your influences in the music, though. Uh, well, um, you know, typical influences would have been, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin and uh, Black Sabbath, and, uh, you know, those kind of bands, uh, Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's reflective of my music because I think I have a classic rock sound. And, uh, and but, um, you know, I, I also locally, you know, like Teenage Head. And of course, wow, yeah, Teenage Head, man. Junk, junk, <laughs> host, yeah, junk host, too, Tom Wilson. Wow. And, uh, Almost in the Florida Raiders, Razors before that, and Blackie and Rodeo Kings. Tom's so talented, he's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 
those were kind of like huge influences as, as well. You know, King Biscuit Boy. Those are huge. There, there's Kelly J right there. Another huge. Yeah, I'm gonna play this not full volume in the back. Oh, I can't. I can't adjust your mic. So, it, oh, I'll turn it down here. And then. Molten Hounds. Settle down. Okay, settle down. Now just play it at a lower volume so you can kind of maybe you want to narrate this stuff, man. Great camera angles, man. And this guy. Beat for itself. That was uh, done by Tim Dashwood. He lives in LA now. Did yeah. a great job with this video. Where's this recorded? I, uh, Hamilton? Uh, yeah, that was recorded <laughs> in my, my good friend of mine's garage. Um, and some at uh, Mountain Brow. There's my buddy there. That's stock footage. There's. King Whiskey Boy and Sunny Del Rio right there. there oh, is. that is your pops playing the sax too, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that handsome man. He's a rock and roll star too? What's his background in music? Uh, like he's played with everybody you think of. And, no way. Uh, for, you know, over 60 years now. And, you know, he's probably the best sax player in Canada at one point. You know, uh, who knows? You know, he still, he still has it. Like, laid it down on my new album I Believe in Love it was unbelievable uh, actually if you're on my YouTube channel you can get it it's called Promo for I Believe in Love and it's okay. a promo video but it's this huge sax uh, with uh, Dale Harrison playing piano and Kevin Fox on cello it's like an interlude which takes you from hate to love I watched I watched this late last night, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It looks great, man. Yeah, there's. I have four videos on YouTube, music videos from my two from my new album and two from Unleash the Hounds. The new album called I Believe in Love, and um, and there's a couple other things there too, but uh, yeah, there's four of them. Nice, man. Yeah, that's a rock and roll show right there, brother. It's uh, funny. I, I did this interview on uh, on this show called Turn It Up. It was like a little segment from Naked News, and uh, and it's on my social tab site, and uh, it, it's pretty funny. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see what you believe it. So how many? It's a, did, yeah, go ahead. There's Tom Wilson right there. That's it's a great angle. Well, you got a GoPro on the on the guitar itself. Oh, yeah, 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 GoPros on the guitar. I love that angle. Such a good look for the rock and roll bands. You know, it's the videos mess the the videos mess the songs up so much for me because I just want to see them play. Like this is good because you can see them play and and you got some other things going on. But you know, the videos where they take you outside the concept of the song and just do something completely different, like. I just I get lost and I'd much rather just see the guys play. I want to see the faces. I want to see them jam. You know. You remember when MTV was just straight music videos? Yeah. <laughs> do they even have a show that does music videos anymore? MTV doesn't do it. Or much music it was down here, right? Twenty-four-seven yeah, music videos, just back to back to back to back. Now you, I don't think we have a channel that does music videos. It just died. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Internet, I think. Mm -hmm. YouTube. Was the next step. How's that uh, changed uh, the impact of your music? Getting it out there, distribution's changed quite a lot. Even production, a little bit has changed. I mean, in today's day and age, you must be really jumping through some hoops. So talk us, talk to us a little bit about the the challenge of the challenges of being a musician in in today's day and age when you know things are so much different, right? Yeah. Well, we're not making too much money off of Spotify or YouTube or anything like that. Quite honest. I think the money, you know, comes with touring. We're not allowed to do that right now. So, uh, you know, with uh, merchandise sales, T-shirts, CDs, blah, 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 while you're, you're on the road, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where money is to be made for a musician. It's pretty hard to, to make it um, just on sales. I mean, especially now because it's so hard to, to get out there and get known, you know. But uh, mm -hmm. once you're out there and you're known, then you're, you're really... You know well on your way that's why i want to record my next album in los angeles because i want it to come out of los angeles because i think it's uh it's either there or nashville or 
pretty much the hot spots. Yeah, Nashville's uh, a place that a lot, we find a lot of Canadians going down to record and produce and, and get their tracks cut too. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, it seems like Canadians are pretty attached to that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a hotbed, you know. And, you know, of course, there's 350 million in the U.S. as opposed to 35 million in Canada. Mm -hmm. Tom Wilson said to me, what do you do? You, you're going to tour Canada and then what? Tour it again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas you can tour in the U.S. and not hit the same spot twice in like yeah, it's got to be for a rock and roll show. Like, you know, I've talked to you. He's, you're like, uh, yeah, dude, I don't play acoustic. It's some stuff that just doesn't translate, right? That's right. My music doesn't. My music is five-piece, in-your-face rock and roll. And um, and and I and, and I don't want to... Uh, I haven't streamed anything either. No, because, eh? uh, I, I... I just don't... Uh, I, I don't feel that they get the... Uh, best out of each musician because there's no live audience and I think that that makes such a huge difference I think it's more flat without just streaming I, I don't find it to be entertaining I find it flat hmm. and uh, I don't want that I don't want that reputation I want them to know that it's going to be you know, it's worth the wait and when we do it live it's you're, you're going to be rocked you know that's the way I want to do it so and because I think the audience lifts you to your maximum potential. Honestly, it gives you that much more energy. It just flows. I, I find anyways, and it lifts everyone to another level. And that's when you get the magic to me. What's your uh, recording style? Are you doing most of the stuff from the floor? Are you doing multiple, multiple tracks and takes to get it all right? Or do you just like it raw? And, you know, a buddy of mine, his last album, he pretty much did from the floor. There was no you know, multi-tracking or anything like that. And that's, he, he produced it that way. So I just wonder if the, what sound you're kind of going for is. Well, no, I do uh, individual tracks. Mm -hmm. That's how I do it. I start with a ghost acoustic, which I play and a, and a ghost vocal. Mm -hmm. And then I build it from there, hmm. ground up. And, and everything is, everybody has time to, 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 to rehearse with the, tr with the track at home for a few weeks before we do a recording to develop their own line. I give them that uh, creative freedom, uh, hmm. but it has to stay within the perimeters of what I have already given, you know, hmm. and then they can do whatever they like. And, and, you know, sometimes I'll say, Hey, that's unbelievable. Most times I'll say that's unbelievable, hmm. honestly, because people love to be creative and, you know, most musicians are creatives. And so, um, or, you know, let's try something different or something, add something on. But it's all within a, a, a beautiful conversation that, um, you know, I, I find is uh, you can solve and resolve anything and, uh, and, and try and bring the best out of that person. And that's what I try and do when I produce the, the, this album. It was fantastic. When I first looked at you, I'm like, I, let me guess. You're not the typical rock star, and you're like, no, like <laughs> you, you know, you figure the party all night, you know, girls and the uh, Brian Corey from uh, Brian Corey Falls says, I used to do security for the Headstones and Gatto after parties were pretty intense. I don't know why I just looked at you like, oh, geez, this guy doesn't look like a drug abusing, you know, rock star. Wow. <laughs> For me, fortunately, I got I got through that uh, a long time you ago, okay. and I learned a, a lot of valuable lessons, so, uh, <laughs> and that's why I'm able to do it now. But, yeah, so, I was probably one of those persons at the Gatto party and and uh, teenage head parties or whatever. They were crazy, right? Like, mm -hmm. Crazy. And uh, but I lived and survived, so that's why I'm the way I am now. Got a boy. <laughs> I'm from Hamilton. That's why. Hamilton, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you got any horror stories from the road that you could tell us? Some uh, legendary Tommy Gunn stories where, you know, especially if uh, uh, if no one's ever heard them before. I'm interested in that. <laughs> Nightmares. Uh, not really. Nightmares not really. only. Well, you know, I've had one guy rush the, rush, the, rush the stage one time. He wanted to take over. Uh, uh, oh, good. I had to kick him off the stage. That was kind of interesting, but... Oh, no, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. Like, uh, 
you know, I can't wait to play live again. It's like, you know, like something that's been taken away from us. And it's like when it, when it becomes reality again, uh, I think it's going to be a crazy time, crazy fun, like the Roaring Twenties, for instance. You think? I hope you're right, man. I hope we forget about everything that happened. Just go back to hugging each other and shaking hands and, really and be hanging like out in crowds with no masks. You know, I'm so like, I, I will, re- I refuse to believe that there's a new normal coming. Like, I will not subscribe to it. Uh, a buddy of mine, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday on the phone. He's like, I could hear him. He was driving while he was talking to me, and as he was walking into the fall uh, into his house, I hear him going. Oh my, I can't believe it. I'm like, what? He says, Jimmy, I just put on my mask to walk into my house. I said, well, they got you. You're conditioned, bro. He goes, no, I'm totally conditioned. And, you know, they haven't got me. I haven't worn one yet, but uh, I'm taking some heat for that. The good news, Jim, is, uh, is my song that I wrote. Like, I can't believe it, actually, but love conquers all. And it's true. Like, I know there's a lot of anger and hate, like you were saying earlier, but really love will conquer all. And, and, and the love of music, the love of friends, the love of family, it's all going to come together, man. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to remain hopeful and believe that. Otherwise, what's the alternative, you know? Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the importance of music in your life. I, you know, I don't know how old I was, but I grew up in a musical family from the standpoint that my parents always had the turntable rolling. I remember the first album that I crossed over with my parents was Fleetwood Mac Rumors. I wow. loved it. And Me I thought, too. I wore that thing out, and I thought, what this, this is weird. And I remember the first, uh, I had a friend of the family, Jim Feschuk. He used to work at uh, Bruges Retail. And his friend was the art director on moving pictures and he worked with mike dixon at the loud shirts and mike dixon as you know has you know got a, a legendary mustache and he's on the front of moving pictures so Feschuk had this album and he gave it to me and he said this is, i don't know it's like acid rock or something like acid rock i don't know i was 10 or 11 years old and and moving pictures and bad out of hell was like my 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 introduction to rock and roll i guess but i remember the first album was rumors that I crossed over my, with my parents and I just remember going at one point in my life going dude I wonder like where would I be? I'd be I wouldn't be here without music like I don't play much I, I can carry a beat on the drums surprisingly I didn't know this before uh, but if I'm sitting in with my buddies and I can pick up the one two pretty quickly but I just I remember thinking where would my life be without music like it just you know it's gotten me through the heartbreaks I remember one season was typo negative it was all typo negative i was heartbroken and i could not get out of this this realm and i still love typo negative i still think fondly of those days and you know it's so important you know you hear a song you think of a girl or you you know it's uh like it's the soundtrack of our life really i I hate to be all hokey pokey but like it's just so important to me anyways i can't imagine that it's any less important to you if you're writing it and producing it yeah it sparks memories for sure uh it's funny you should say that because um on this album uh, right at the beginning i i come in it's like a, a talking with my wife and i say hey honey guess what guess who i ran into i ran into paul and jeff and she says, oh, yeah. And I go, look, I bought this from Paul. Now, the thing is, when I was a kid, the band kind of like lived at our house. Or mm-hmm. Back in those days, we had like our TV had tubes, you know, when I was like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if a tube went, we'd have to wait a couple of months till we had the money to buy a new one. So we always had the music. So we always right. had, you know, records and stuff going. And I, I got turned on to uh, Venus and Mars by Paul McCartney. And um, in the song, Venus and Mars, he does a reprise. And in the reprise, he says, uh, I bought, I ran into a friend and bought this sign. Venus and Mars are all right tonight. And uh, uh, reach for the stars, Venus and Mars are all right tonight. And, uh, and so I come in on my album and say, I bought this off Paul and it says Venus and Mars are all right reach for the stars tonight and so and I and it's called the song's called I am and I do a reprise at the end as well I am but Venus and Mars 
was a very um, influential album to me. That one and ELO's El Dorado uh, were, were influential because I said to, in, the, in my new album too, and guess what I said to Jeff? And my wife says, what? I said, hey, boy, blue is bad. <laughs> Discovery was my album for ELO. I could not put it down, man. Just one of my favorite bands growing up as a kid. And I hate to, I mean, I must have been coming out of my Barry Manilow phase there. <laughs> because ELO, what a huge influence on my, my musical taste. I think even now today, right? You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't even thought about that in a long time. Were you familiar with Roy Wood? Roy Wood. That doesn't sound familiar right off the bat. Roy Wood was in the LO okay. for the first album. Oh, okay. And with Jeff Lynn. Right. And then Roy left and Jeff oh. took over. Right. But Roy Wood did an album called Mustard and uh, it's unbelievable. And he plays every instrument and everything. He's unbelievable. But Jeff Lynn is oh. like one of my heroes. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. The LO was um, way ahead of their time. And even Jeff Lynn said, you know, he was asked, you know, what, what's the yellow? And he says, well, we're going to take over where the Beatles left off. And and I truly, you know, think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And they managed to stay super clean, too. Like, there was no dirt on ELO. They seemed like a really G-rated uh, band. I don't know. Funny you should mention that, Jim, because <laughs> my wife is, is amazing. And I'll just show you this. I don't know if you can see that, but it says, Amy. Amazing. Zane. Amazing. She's amazing. Okay. Amy is a writer of feature film and television, and her whole family is. But her, she has a twin brother named Harris, who wrote uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Jiglo. He wrote Master in oh. Disguise, Numb, Without a Paddle, a bunch more. Anyways, he sat in on the Traveling Wilburys for six months and was good friends with Jeff huh. and drove him because Jeff liked to drink. Okay. But not drive. So Harris would drive him. It's not. It's a true story. Yeah. Cool. Crazy. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you crushing on these days? Who's your favorite new ba- bands? Especially if we've never heard of them before. So maybe some up and comers or somebody. Man, it seems like all the music I listen to is obscure nobodies. I've got. Uh, well, one guy I'm crushing on right now is Mike Anderson from uh, Australia. He's got a, a gig called Strange Juice, but he's like a one-man show. He plays all the tracks, like he plays the drums and the bass. And, and you know, um, I used to be in the day when I used to download torrents, thousands and thousands of torrents. I think I'd look for alternative UK hit lists or alternative lists and just download thousands of them and then just piece them, like pull them out. And that's how I found this guy. And then I found Bonaparte too. Bonaparte's out of... Uh, I think he's Swiss. He might be out of Germany. What a talent. Eccentric. And and his musical uh, range is wild. Like he could be on the, east, on the west coast of Africa playing beats with the natives and then, you know, be in near New Jersey, you know, eating hot Mexican food and, and doing his thing down in New York. But um, I always love putting on these guys because – I know for sure when I put on Calling Lucy or Bonaparte's Quarantine, weird enough, it's like 10 years old, no one has heard this before. Yeah. And they're like, what's this? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. So who are you listening to? And especially if it's a little eccentric or unknown, I'm interested in that. Well, when I when I was in Los Angeles, um, I went to a lot of bars, the Viper Room, you know, Whiskey Go-Go, Rainbow Room all of them on Sunset Strip there with my wife Amy. And uh, we noticed one thing about the bands in Los Angeles. They were all doing mostly cover music. But um, they were doing cover music, uh, some of them, they would do their own way. And they'd do this so they could get them into um, shows and stuff in LA and Los Angeles. Because, you know, there's good money in that if you can get a song or a show or something. And you've heard a lot of these shows where you hear a song and you go, wow, that sounds different. They've slowed it right down or they've changed it some way and made it their own. And you realize it's, you've heard the song because of the lyrics or whatever, you recognize what the song is, but it's not done the, the way you normally hear it. And so they get paid pretty good for that. So that's what the bands do in Los Angeles. And I saw a band there, this guy, he did uh, Benny and the Jets, like I've never heard it before. 
His name is Derek Day. Yeah. The guy is amazing. And wow. uh, yeah, check him out. He's amazing. Derek Day. Okay. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I love when somebody does a cover and owns it. Like, I, you know, I'm not interested in you trying to sound like the person you're playing, even though it's a tribute. I want you to, you know, not ruin it, but make it your own. Like, really put a stamp on it, eh? And he and that that whole thing that I was talking about there inspired myself. So I'm gonna do on this new album. I'm gonna do a cover song, but my own way. And I'm not gonna mention which one. It is. Oh, nice. That's what they call uh, what uh, forward uh, promotion. What tease? There you go. A tease. Yeah, I love the tease. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and so you don't have any plans, I guess, to get in studio to get the thing done or to play anywhere. I know we talked offline a little bit about a gig at sessions or something like that, but nothing in the works yet. I guess obviously with a stay-at-home order for the next six weeks they just extended it two weeks to a total of six weeks wow i just can't believe well i also have on my new album uh michael weckerby he played uh harmonica on the song richard and uh, michael from the dragon's den uh you probably know him from but he also uh bought the alma combo and put a ton of dough into the alma combo nice Um, eddie kramer like uh designed the studio's there. That's how Eddie produced one song and the song that Michael's on. Mm-hmm. Eddie produced it. So um, uh, I was going to do a show at the Alma Combo, but like I can't uh, get any dates just to cancel dates. You know yeah. what I mean? Because who knows when this is going to end. And so that's the reason I haven't planned anything until it's mm. officially opened. Then I'll plan because uh, I'm not just going to plan and then have the dates canceled. I, I, I can't see doing that. It's how a lot of wasted time. How about an underground illegal lockdown concert, dude? Come on. <laughs> Help us out. We're all dying here. We'll keep it secret, secret location. Boom. You get the you get the location yeah. half an hour before the doors open. And... It's not a bad idea, but I think you'd be fined heavily. You know? Hey, I'm, a, I'm hey, a... Listen, Adam's Barbecue, Adam uh, Skelly. Uh-huh. He's he's got a case that's coming up, I think, in May and June, mm-hmm. where you know they're going to say, I think he's going to win. Quite frankly, well, I've got I'm I'm the thing proud that there in Scarborough, you know, like uh, yeah, barbecue. They had that big standoff and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, I'm the proud owner of two eight hundred and eighty dollar fines for emceeing the uh, celebration of liberty and freedom last week, last Saturday. I was, it was weird because I was broadcasting with Pastor Sam Jones from the states, and when they came to uh, deliver it to me, so I don't have the paper. But apparently, the press as soon as the cops lay the charges, strangely, they don't release the names, but the media has them all. So the media was. So as soon as I got off my interview, my phone started blowing up. Hey, are they RCMP at your door? And what the cops? And I said, oh, is that who was ringing the doorbell? Well, <laughs> I went out. I checked the mailbox. I looked in the door. There's no fines. There's no calling cards. There's no NRP love letters. But, uh, yeah, I guess I got two $880, uh, you know, breaking cur- breaking uh, stay-at-home order fines for just going out last Saturday. so i'm already in deep man you need a guy to run your uh your ultra secret basement show (laughs) do you have a court date jim no i don't have even have the paper and apparently the um i think the court that takes care of bylaws is closed till september someone told me or the poas are i'm not sure but i heard it's they're, they're not worth the paper they're written on apparently but uh well Anyway, I thought that they were only going after the big guys and the like. The guys—I well, don't mean the big guys, but the guys with a big me or at least a public profile. But then, no. Uh, yesterday, I started getting. I just got one. I just got one. I just got one. My wife just got one. So now they're going after anyone they can find. Even the regular citizens are going after and slapping with two eight hundred and eighty dollar breaking the stay-at-home order fines. Crazy. Weird time, man. What else? I wrote a song on my new album called Strange. Like I cannot tell you how much my new album has come to light, and and like really? it's amazing me, honestly, because yeah. I, I never thought this. But it, you know, it goes from hate to love. It's thirty-five minutes, and I'd love for you to hear it, Jim. I'd love oh, to yeah. send it. Uh, it goes from hate to love, 
in 35 minutes. That's the experience from, from start to finish. That's how I was supposed to listen to it. But so truly a concept album then. Yeah, and it passes through four genres, but the flow is amazing. What are the genres? Uh, well, rock, yeah. you know, of course. Uh, sort of a glam rock. Oh, good. Uh, you, dude, you're, you're, you're perfect for that, dude. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, um, then, of course, blues. Okay, good. Richard, the song Richard, Rural King Biscuit Boy. And, um, and metal. I do a song called Junction 66. It's uh, the boys from Varga, Joey Varga mm -hmm. and Dan Fila on drums. And man, it's uh, it's old school metal. It's it's really kick ass. I, I love that song. And, it, and that's, you know, but the flow is so perfect. It just happened that way. But yet, when you look about the songs and the lyrics and what I'm singing about, it actually happens, you know, like today, honestly. It's unbelievable. I couldn't have done it any, planned it any more perfect than what it is. If you just listen to it, you'd hear it. It's unbelievable. Awesome, man. I'd love to hear it. And I'm always looking for stuff that I can play in the background for my, com my commercial breaks and stuff like that. So if you've got anything that's uh, copyright free that I can use that's already well, out, all, I don't, I don't want to. It's all on Spotify and oh. iTunes and okay. everything. It's all up there. Tommy Gun And Tommy Gun. Now, this is the thing. Tommy Gun has to be all capitals and all one word. Because if it's not, you're going to get the porn star or the boxer. Mm. But if you put all capitals, one word, Tommy Gun with two ends, you get me, the rock star. There you go. And <laughs> what's the origin of that name, Tommy? Pardon me? What's the origin? Where, how'd you come across okay, so, um, I was. I wanted to call the, the band I was in, the, my band, I wanted to call it No Justice, Just Us. It's actually a song I wrote on my first album. Okay. My son plays drums on and my dad's on sax. So there's three generations on that Cool. Song. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, my dad said to me, you know, we're on our way to play golf uh, in Ancaster with Georgie Fab. And my dad said, you know, that name sounds like a wedding band. No justice, just us. You should be uh, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Just Tommy. like that. And, yeah, it sounds good. It stuck. And that was it. <laughs> so what is the Tommy gun? Is it an actual gun? Yeah, there's a Tommy okay, gun. Okay, Tommy gun. Is that the, the, the crank thing that spits out multiple? Yeah. Oh, yeah? It uh, was like uh, famous in the, in the 30s, I guess, in, in 40s. Al Capone and all the boys, right? they all had Tommy guns. Rapid fire, large caliber. That's you right yeah. there. <laughs> so, it's, you know. It's it's rock and roll in your face, Jim. That's it. You know, yep. you get it. And uh, it, it's uh, it's been a, a real pleasurable journey so far, and um, I can't wait to get to Los Angeles because you know I I've met um, the last I've been there four times, and the last time uh, my wife and I, and the last time my wife lived there for twelve years, but I uh, I I was I stayed there last time for six weeks. So I met a lot of really cool people and people who want to work with me and iconic uh, American musicians. I'm not going to tell you who, but I'm telling you they're iconic and everybody loves them in the rock genre. And um, they're going to work with me and, and uh, lay tracks down with me and collaborate. And it's going to be a, that was my a lot next of question. What 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 type of collabs can you talk about that you've done? Like who have you who have you matched up with in the past? Well, Gatto. Yep. Goddard's one, um, Dale Harrison mm -hmm. uh, from the Headstones, um, you know, Tom Wilson uh, from Junkhouse, Kelly J from Crowbar, um, my father, of course, my father's probably one of the most brilliant songwriters I've ever, you know, had the fortune of, to be with or collaborate with. My wow. dad's a songwriter, yeah. And that's there not is. easy. Has he written anything for you? You do any of his songs? Well, no, we've collaborated okay. on quite a few yeah, songs. Good. Yeah, and he's helped shape a lot. You know, said, hey, you know, it'd be good if you did this. Yeah. And this song, that's what I was thinking. I went, wow, Dad, that's like amazing. That's valuable. Anyway, so we went with it, you know, mm -hmm. like this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, he, he, uh, he's been in the business for over 60 years. So if anybody knows the business, he does. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been a rock and roller, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, <laughs> really rock and roll so yeah, you know I learned cool. from the best cool. uh, <laughs> and that's my dad on my mom's side 
my cousins, Rod Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. I've <laughs> met him once. Mm-hmm. Once in Toronto, in uh, Yorkville and Avenue, I met him. Then I met uh, his son in Los Angeles. Wow. Cool. Um, what was I? Oh, shit. My mind just went blank. Isn't that great? I love that. <laughs> Forget what uh, I was just going to ask you. It's always it's always right there, and then it just disappears. In here, I'll try and bail myself out by getting back to your YouTube channel and playing something. <laughs> I love believe, Conker's All. Gato, that's a great song. I believe in love. Uh, I don't see or the love. promo. The promo you can play, no problem. It's no copyright on that. It's all mine on my YouTube channel. Where is that? Tommy, Tommy Grizzly, aka Tommy Gun. Yeah, I'm here. I'm showing it, it now. I've got I Believe in Love, Gone Off, Zoom Meetings. Yeah, I Believe in Love promo, it should be. I Believe in Love. Oh, promo. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Listen to that. I'm in the office. <laughs> hey, check this out. I ran into Paul and Jeff. <laughs> what is this? Check it out. Oh, okay. It's got a nice march to it. It's just a little taste of different songs. Yeah. Wow, you're you're a graphic artist. Is talented, dude. <laughs> Listen to this. Up here, Tommy. That's uh, uh, LA, probably. Okay, I can't see it. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm sure, okay. I don't know how to work. Well, I think that's the Bel Air Hotel. There we go. That's at Michael Weckerly's house. That's the Viper Room. That's Jim Morrison's house. That's what I was going to ask you. Favorite rooms to play? There's me and my friend in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Try and have some fun, bro. Jeez. Thank you. I believe in love. And uh, I just want to say... I was fortunate enough to have my first album, Unleashed the Hounds. I had El Stu Young mix it and uh, Nick Bugona master it. And this album, I had Nick Bugona mix and master it. I stayed with him for 10 days. We did the mix. He's, he's like, he did all of Deep Purple. And in fact, after we finished the mix, we went to Cops Coliseum and uh, Judas Priest and Deep Purple were playing and he introduced me to Deep Purple backstage oh man that doesn't suck I remember seeing John Lord at the Niagara Falls Convention Center on Purple Microdot when I was about 18 years old and the dude had the keyboards they looked like they were on springs they rocked back and forth and he ran up and down them while he was playing them and I was like he's Lord he was one of the best no question yeah but you know who they had who replaced him I'm standing backstage talking 
first of all, when we went and met Ian Gillen, it was by himself. He had his own room, all like beautiful couch, food, everything, you know, you can think of tanning bed. And, uh, and then we went and met the rest of the band. And so I was talking with Don Airy, who took over for John Lord. And, um, and we're talking for about 15 minutes. And then, um, and then we left, we finished meeting the band and everything. And me and my friend went outside we came back in and Deep Purple took the stage. So they did like, I don't know, four or five songs. And then Don Airy did a solo, like where John Lord would do a solo in a, in a concert. Mm-hmm. And he started out, and this is what freaked me out. He started his solo with, um, with Ozzy Osbourne, uh, um, you know, the song, Dan, 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 Dan. So I knew that he was Ozzy's keyboard first, Mr. Crawley. Yeah. Right? So I didn't even realize that Dom was Ozzy's keyboardist first, you know? So, hmm. and I talked to him for about 15, 20 minutes. He's a cool guy, man. And now he's my friend on Facebook and I still talk to him. Cool. Yeah. You, how many other legends you met along your travels? Especially well, personal mentors for you, even, you know, they may not know who you are type of thing. I had a great conversation in Los Angeles with Gene Simmons. Yeah, he's got to be an interesting cat. Yeah, man. We, wa- we were walking through this little plaza sort of thing, and Gene and Shannon had a whole camera crew around them on a table. And we just sat down on a bench, I don't know, about 10 yards away, Amy and I. And uh, Shannon got up, and she came over and started talking to us with her dog. Why? Just and, out of the blue? Yeah, she she left the film area and started talking to us. She just walked past us and stopped and started talking yeah, to us. Cool. And so we talked to her, and then and then she went to get the car, I guess. And Gene came over, and I said to Gene, "We got a mutual friend. Do you mind if I talk to you for a few minutes?" He goes, "No, come on over." So the whole film crew is around us, and he's telling all these jokes and stuff, and I. And I was telling him that, you know, uh, Michael Weckerly was my friend. And, and he said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, I had to tell Michael to stop talking because he was taking all the oxygen out of the room and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And he talked about, you know, playing at the Elma Combo possibly. And, you know, and then while we're having this conversation, Dee Snyder walked between us and fist pumped everybody. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. Uh, one, uh, that's uh, I'm glad you reminded me. A couple things. Uh, favorite rooms to play, uh, bars, sounds, feels. Like I mean, I know I got a buddy of mine uh, that's da- I got a band down here, Road Waves. Um, wow, what a great band! They're really well put together. Niagara Falls band. Uh, just they're a jam band though. They they have a couple albums, but th- their live performances are never the same. And G is the guitar player and the, and the leader of the band. And his, he gets so much from his audience. Like now he's playing for no one, so it's kind of weird. He's doing streaming shows and stuff like that. But like m- much of how he plays and even what he plays and where he might wander in his jam comes from the audience. So I'm just interested in, you know, some rooms that either sounded like a tin box or you know some that were just premium sound or some that it didn't care about the sound you just got the feel of the room like the elmo's got to be a special place you know oh yeah i can hardly wait i can hardly wait to play there for sure i've been there i saw 5440 play when they had they were allowed 50 people and uh, they streamed it Mm -hmm. but we were in the audience my wife and i Nice. But again, like I said, 50 people was like scattered throughout the room, made yeah. it look like it was a ghost town. And like it was flat, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, they performed great, but it was, you know, it was flat. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, you go to a live concert and you want to be entertained, you know, like you don't, there's nothing worse to me. And this is why I don't play guitar when I do live shows, is because I want to entertain the audience. I don't like going to see, you can go to a show. They play great music, they're fabulous, but they just stand there and do nothing. The music's fabulous, but you know, it's good for the ears, but the eyes need to be entertained as well. And that's why I, I, can, I have two great guitar players who can play way better than me. They're playing. Oh, okay. I'm gonna sing and entertain the audience. That's what my thing is. So. That was my rap on 5440. I saw them 20 years ago at the band, at Thorold uh, Bar and I was like, I mean, I'm not a huge 5440, but they just stood there. They didn't, they just stood, they sounded great, but there was no 
visual performance to it is just like they're in the studio. So much of that jumping around is what it's all about. And that's interesting. You don't play guitar in your live shows. No, I want to be able to entertain and I jump around. I'm very energetic. And that's what I want to do is entertain the audience. I want them to leave going, wow, that was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. If I get that response of the people, then as far as I'm concerned, I've I've done, you know, my best and and people are digging it. And I I, just my own personal take on things. And that's why I do things the way I do, because I've learned and experienced. And to me, it should be an experience, you know. Mm -hmm. Are you a faithful man? Are you a believer? Uh, No, I'm not religious. Okay. So where do you get your... I believe there's a power greater than us. Yeah. Like... Well, that's you a believer in something more than us. He's just not a religious man. But well, yeah, I, I'm, there's hardly, I mean, who who actually believes that there wasn't something, there's not a greater power that kind of put this all together. Like it just the big bangs Definitely. don't happen. The statistics, the statistical probability of this universe coming together just by chance out of a big bang is ridiculously impossible. Um, but I, I'm just leading into that question from the standpoint that, I find, especially lately, I'm really more, I'm, I'm well tuned to it, of receiving messages that I, I'm pretty sure are not from me, like a genius, creative flash that, even sometimes I find when I'm talking to someone, I might have nothing to say and I've learned not to say anything, and sometimes, boom, something will be there for me, and they're like, they can't believe I said it because it's so meaningful th- to them. So, for me. I get my creative flashes in the shower where I'm robotically just, I've got a, I've got a, you know, uh, a program that I go through, right? And start, you know, open the hair and work down and, and it's just, you're on autopilot. And I find that when, and strangely enough, I hate to say this, but just sitting on the toilet, sometimes it's like, boom, like, whoa, like slogans or, you know, for you, it might be an idea for a song or a video or something like that. So how do you, how do you receive your creative flashes and where do you seem to get them? You see a, like a, a, a place where you sit that it just happens to be a conduit for these? Well, it's funny you should ask. And, and it's very, I, I, I totally agree. It just happens. It happens right in front of you. Something will trigger something and it happens. Now, the key is if, I, if you do not write it down, oh, it's gone. You I forget it. Now or later, you forget it totally. So I have uh, my uh, phone has a, recorder and i'll just i'll just uh, say exactly what it is and it's then i don't lose it and then i can always go back to the train of thought now mm-hmm. that i have the cue right mm-hmm. but uh if you don't write it down or don't say it an hour later it's gone and it's like wow that, that was amazing thing i had there and now it's gone <laughs> i uh, yeah. it's funny you say that because i didn't I had this flash in the shower the other day. I'm like, oh, I said it over and I said it over again. I said it over again. My phone wasn't there, so I couldn't, vo- I couldn't you know, sometimes I'll text it to myself or whatever. I said it over again. I said it over again. And then, I don't know, about a week later, or you know, a short time later, I stepped into the shower again one day. I'm like, oh, man, what was <laughs> it? It's gone. I can't even, I just remember I had this genius flash and shoot. And who knows? It's, but you know what? It's it's kind of weird from the standpoint that you you know they say that brain, the human mind is a is a, a broadcasting and receiving device. So you can't not get downloads from another mind that's thought something before if you're open for it or if you know it has the the gateway to to enter. I don't know. I find it fascinating because as I get older, I think I'm more. Um, more apt to say, shit, this is not my, th- this is not coming from me. It's too genius. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have these thoughts. It's impossible, you know? It's funny. It's funny. You're very intuitive. And it's funny because my wife and I are, are, are as well. And a lot of times we, what happens is we'll say the exact same thing at the exact same time. And it happens to us all the time. It's like, what, were you in my brain? Like, you know, it's really funny, but it's true. It happens, you know. It's, you're intuitive. You know, we don't use, uh, there's so many levels of consciousness that we're not even aware of or tapped into. You know, mm-hmm. That, you know, you know, I think we were designed just to be slaves to mine the planet for uh, the creator. The creators. Mm. Well, I hope we're doing a decent job. Sometimes I wonder. 
<laughs> but we've evolved uh, with our brain, you know, like we have evolved, mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 so is our technology. Oh my goodness, it's so evolved. Mm -hmm. Here's where you find them on Facebook. I want to keep you on time, man. That's an hour. There we go. Just like that. We got to come back sometime because there's Piece so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we got lots to talk about, and I'm more interested to pick up your feed when you're doing something live with the with the boys. And, yeah, man. Um, you know, like anything. Guys. I mean, even a jam, even a rehearsal or something like that. I'm, you know, even from a one, you know, just give me the feed and I'll, I'll broadcast it out for you. I'd love to, love to do that, especially something yeah, exclusive man. where you guys are clowning for, you know, like I've got a buddy of mine. I took to a, a, a Mice on the Hurricane show. I don't know if you know them, but they're a 13 piece brass band. I call them like a, the uh, blood, sweat, and tears of rap or something like this. Like they're really diverse rock and roll, but they're full brass. And um, wow. and then they've got uh, Jacob Bergsman's the front man. He's a rapper. Like he's just he's he's great. Check out my son the Hurricane if you've never seen him before. Really? Um, oh shit, I forgot what I was saying though. What was I? Well, yes, about? we will definitely listen, Jim. Oh no, but anyway, so yeah, we've got together, it. We come together for a reason. Yeah, not just to do this show, but for a reason. And it's to, in the future, and it's going to happen. You and I, because cool. I I enjoyed this. It was this was great. Thank you very much. Cool. Anyways, I took out my buddy to see the mice on the hurricane. He was blown away. He's like, dude, you know what I would give to be in a rehearsal with those guys? Like just a private little gig. So, yeah, if you ever do one of those, man, I'd love to pick you up. Well, you ain't heard nothing yet till you hear Tommy Gun, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro, I want to see that live. Anyways, thanks yes, for sir. your time. I love you, brother. Let's do it again soon and uh, give my best to the wife and family. Definitely. All right, bro. Talk soon. Thank Peace, Peace out. Man. That's Tommy Gun. if you need him. Now we're at the man himself. So that was pretty cool. Here's where you get him. Tommy Gunn is his page on uh, the fake book. Here's his personal account on the fake book. And here is uh, one of his Tommy Grasley.com. Tommy Grasley.com is Tommy Gunn. The man is, uh, I, don't, I love the guy. Soon as, I mean, I wasn't familiar with his work. He approached me, which I'm grateful for, and said, hey, I'd like to be on your show. I um, I resisted because, I, as I confessed to early in the interview or the conversation, that uh, I was getting mixed up with another guy that trolls me pretty hard. And I'm like, what do you want to be on my show for? <laughs> he says, because I think we can have some fun. And that was pretty fun. And look at this guy. He's a beautiful man. Uh, go check him out on YouTube right here. Uh, maybe I should go back a song. This is a really fun tune we played. And I played it once, so it's probably probably not going to trigger uh, copyright. Where's the hound? There it is. What out all you Hamilton hounds? <laughs> this one's going out to all you Hamilton hounds. <laughs> That's Tommy Gunn. Anyways, well, thanks for watching. I think what I'll do, I'm going to get over to uh, me broadcasting some of your feeds from the, the celebration of freedom and liberty. Clifton Hill and Falls View at the War Memorial. It's on now. Goes till 8 o'clock tonight, I think. Or maybe I'll just head down there and meet my boy. Max Bernier speaking at 3 o'clock. I'm Jim Fannin. Thanks for watching. Peace. Love. Hug your neighbor and for crying out loud. Take that mask off your beautiful face. We're tired of you covering up that smile. I love you. I'm out. Severn's got it.
gone everyone like it share it comment if you hate it we love the hate mail um give tommy gun some love if you're watching on facebook you can share it there i will get the twitter link out and it's also twitch d live and youtube we're broadcasting as you've been duped you've been duped is the channel look for the t-shirt soon. I am out.